awesome episode number five of Technical Explanation, the wrestling official show. And today uh, we are joined with Fred Feeney. How are you doing, Fred? Hey, I'm doing great. How you doing, Bryce? Oh, always a good day to be talking wrestling, man. Um, oh, yeah. So let me see. I want to make sure I've got uh, yes, speaker on so that so when you're speaking, the camera will be on you. When I'm speaking, the camera will be on me. That way Great. it doesn't get distracting um, with my facial expressions or whatever. So uh, news lately. Uh, so a little bit about Fred. Just tell us a little bit. Let's start at the beginning, actually. OK, let's do that. How did your wrestling story begin? Uh, it began with uh, Pat Fickle who's dad of Luke Fickle, who everybody in Ohio should know. And, uh, state champ, right? State champ at Pickerington? State, uh, Luke, yes. Oh, yeah, Luke, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Pat, no. Yeah. Um, but Pat was a uh, sophomore when I was a freshman. And um, that's what kind of started the my wrestling. My brother wrestled for the sales. And uh, so I came in and gave it a try. And I had to beat Pat to get a spot on the varsity. And uh, as I was wrestling him, I was pinning him. And, uh, and he said, I'm going to beat your ass outside when we're done. And uh, he did. And we became friends. And, uh, you know, life goes on. But uh, Bob Triana was our, was our wrestling coach at that time. And Bob never wrestled, had one eye, and uh, just had the job because you had to be a teacher in the Catholic schools to be a wrestling coach. Yeah. I, I wanna, and, you know, a funny thing, that was at the sales, right? Yep. And they are one of, so when you think of Catholic schools a lot in wrestling, like some people think of ads, some that don't know well enough think St. Paris Graham is a Catholic school. No, it's the name of the city. <laughs> um, so just putting that out there for everyone who doesn't know that. But uh, Catholic schools are like notorious for take, getting the best athletes from a larger area, right? And assembling them. Let's, I mean, that's a, that's a reality. Depends on where you live. Yeah, but DeSales, and I say that because DeSales is not that way. You no. actually have to live within In the boundary. Yeah. And, and like the boundary of the rector of the churches. Yeah. I learned that just two years ago. And right. when you look now and you look at how much success they've had in that huge of an area with so many tough schools in the central district, right? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. With very little to work with as well. Well, and now, but, but now they have uh, Colin there, Colin yeah. Palmer. I'll tell you what. Just wait a little bit. I tell you what, um, we're going to talk about my assigning and uh, that I retired from all that just a few days ago. Okay. I did, I did keep one assigning gig, and that's the uh, Catholic schools in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And which, that. Is, which is the sales where my alma mater, uh, Rady St. Charles and Hartley. So, uh, and I did that because of a kid, McClellan, who was down in Florida. And he came up to, and he lives in uh, Johnstown, I think. But uh, he's now wrestling for the sales, in school with the sales. And his mom actually said, you can't, you got you to gotta be around. And uh, so I said, okay, well, I'll do the Catholic school. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah Colin's done a heck of a job there. He's, uh, he just brought some new assistant coaches on. And um uh, yeah, really looking forward to what they're going to do this year. I am, I am too. I'm a huge Palmer fan um, of all, all of them. Uh, you know, when you talk about iconic singlets, you think of Claymont. You're the purple ones from the sales, too, though. Those come to mind, too. With leggings back in the day. Stirrups. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, uh, coach, never wrestled in his life. 
had to coach because he wanted to be a teacher, right? One eye. And one eye. And so then you wrestled, beat, you had to beat Pat, right? What's next? So um, became uh, a senior, uh, you know, through the years. My problem is I drank a lot. I was, my mom, my dad had died. I was a pretty much a latchkey kid. And um, I lived at different people's houses. But if I was home, I knew where everybody's beer was in the garage. And I'd go to school drunk uh, as an eighth grader, or even as a, in the high school. And um, guys like Bob Chirano took, you know, charge of me and, and like almost like a surrogate type father. And uh, there was a price to be paid if you screwed up, as any Catholic school was back in that day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Bob took me under his wing. We golf almost every week. Uh, you know, he's a great friend. Um, so he became not only to become a coach, he became a wrestling official to learn more about how to be a better coach. And uh, he became a great official. Uh, did the state tournament, I think, his second year as a high school official. And then did the, uh, uh, became a college guy and did the finals his third year. And then did six. What division? division? Division one. Division one NCAA finals his third yes. year. 16 times he had the finals championship. A prodigy. Wow. That's unheard of. Yeah. yeah he, he was such a, uh, a, such a quick learner. And it was for him, it was all about mechanics. And that's where my mechanics came in. Um, when I became, uh, when I decided I wanted to be a high school official, um, the first time I went to one of our meetings, they were held at the Ohio School for the Blind. And I went there drunk as a monkey. And uh, Pat That's the first time I've ever heard that, by the way. Just... Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Fickle said to me, he goes, hey, come on, man. You know, you'd make a great official, yada, yada, yada. And I walked out of that meeting thinking, eh, I don't know if I can do this, you know, drunk. And uh, so I didn't. When I finally did get sober 37 years ago, 37 years ago, uh, one of the first things I did after a year of sobriety or so was became an official. And uh, Bob Chirano said, hey, if you want to do college, you got to do the state tournament first. So I got the state tournament my fifth year as a high school official. And then I started doing college after that. I did 10 or 12 state tournaments. And then after that, I did uh, 16 Division II, Division three national championships. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty good ride. All different divisions or just all one or? It was Division Two, Division Three. I had a contract for Division One when I was in Philadelphia. Uh, the problem is, I was down at uh, uh, Ohio University uh, the season that season that I had the contract, and uh, I made two defensive fall calls against um, Central Michigan, mm-hmm. and Coach Pirelli was not a fan of that, and uh, I got a few phone calls from his assistant coach, who will remain unnamed for now. Mm-hmm. but uh, it was like, hey, if you want to turn around and drive back, you want to fight in the middle of the road, we'll fight. It doesn't matter. But if you watch the video, those calls are correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, I had uh, OU at Kent State, and Jimmy Andresi and, uh, and Coach uh, from OU, we all sat down and watched the video, and they were spot on defensive falls. The next day, I had Eastern Michigan, Kent State in Eastern Michigan, and as I'm driving over to Eastern Michigan, 
my phone rings and it's the AD at Central Michigan. And he starts bitching about these calls. And I said, wait a minute, are you calling me as a, as a Central Michigan AD? Or are you calling me as a division one chair of the committee? And he goes, it doesn't matter. I said, it does matter. Then I said something that started with an F and ended with a K. And uh, fire hung- truck? Did you say fire truck? Much, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I hung the phone up. And I thought that was the, the most unprofessional thing he could have done. I then called a guy, Pat McCormick, who was the coordinator for the NCAA officials, told him what I did. He goes, man, there's probably going to be a price to pay. And that guy took the D1 tournament away from me. And uh, that was the end of that. So I stand by those calls today. If I was doing that match right now, both of them, I'd make the same damn call. And I show those videos in the classes that I taught for all those years. And the importance of making that call, not the outcome, you know, what could happen. Um, I, I remember one time I was doing a D2 national championship up in Finley. Uh, and I, it was a semifinal match. And this kid was winning 13 to two. And all of a sudden he had this kid in a cradle and came back too far and he pinned himself. And I called the fall. And the kid looked at me, just had this look like, do you know what you just did? And my thought was, uh, yeah, I know what happened. So the match was over. His coach came up to me two minutes later with tears in his eyes. He goes, let me tell you what just happened here. I didn't know any of this. This is why I don't want to know stuff. His mom had uh, stage four cancer. This was the last time she was going to watch her son wrestle. She wanted him before she died to go on to the national championship. That match kicked him out of that. Most we got, we both started crying. And we're, we're, we're hugging and we're crying. And it was like, I, I don't ever want to know this. You know, I, I don't want to know stuff like this. What would I have done had I known that? I, you know, so that's why I've always tried to stay away from who and what and this, you know, I just don't, I just want to go out and do my damn job, but it was, the sport is, you know, so intense and there's so many stories within this sport, but there are things you don't want to know. And that's something I didn't want to know. Uh, I'm glad I didn't know. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for sharing all of that. I mean, the whole intent and one of the intentions behind this show is to hear these stories and uh, for people to realize that officials are doing this for the love of the sport and to grow the sport. And, and sometimes, maybe oftentimes, uh, you know, I don't know, I didn't officiate as long as you, um, but it's not, it's a thankless job sometimes. And, and you're getting it from the fans, you're getting it from the coaches. Uh, inadvertently, uh, you're learning things from the athletes in that last story's case, right, that affect you um, emotionally. So it takes an emotional toll. But it, I think if we all just look and be like, hey, they're humans and we can understand that we're all in this together. We all have the same goals. No one's waking up in the morning. And I know this is my fifth podcast and I probably said this on everyone, but I've yet to speak with an official that has told me, you know what? Yeah, I, sometimes I wake up in the morning and just to cost a kid a match, you know? It, so I will tell you something that um, every time that I had a match, be it a dual term or whatever, from the day I started to the day I ended, before I put my head on the pillow, I, I said, did I screw anybody today? Do I need to make amends to somebody? Because I have made that phone call to a coach, not very many times, 
but the times that I knew I really screwed something up and I owe him an explanation. Um, and the two or three times that I did that over 35 years, the coaches were very accommodating to me. They appreciated the fact that I did call, but I could not go to sleep knowing that I did something that needed to be fixed. Um, I've only known one official in 35 years that said to me, yeah, I'm going to screw this kid. And I felt like beating the hell out of him. Oh. And I told him, I said, you should go home right now. And that was at a high school level, not, not college. But yeah, we all, everyone makes mistakes. Um, you know, and, and here's why. And I'm going to lay it on the line. So everyone out there, if there's anyone listening to this, watching this, you'll understand. The difference between a referee and a coach, the emotions, is that my eyes, what I see is connected to my brain. His eyes are connected to his heart. That's two different distinct views. No matter what happens, he's going to look at that because he loves that kid. He's on his team. I have no emotional tie to this kid. I see black and white. He sees things that we don't know. So when they get upset, oh, my goodness, you know, I've seen chairs fly and, you know, all kind of stuff because they're so upset. And later I get told, well, you don't know the backstory. I don't want to know the backstory. The backstory you know, doesn't just, matter. It's only what happens in the six minutes. Or, exactly. you know, I mean, that's right. It, it, the backstory is the backstory it's in the back but it matters to the kid it matters to that coach well everything matters. i mean it's a competition right but you so but that's in my opinion that's the difference between being rational in your thoughts and irrational and, and I, most coaches in that corner can't be your and i get it because i co- i get to coach right but i i'm a, a little bit soft to toot my own horn right i'm at least self-aware enough to know that like if i need to challenge a call like if I need to call the official, do it. I need to like check myself before I even get on my chair because there's a zero percent chance I'm gonna win that discussion if I go in emotionally charged and ticked off. But if I'm like, can you help me understand how that call was made? And just can you help me understand because I'm I don't get it, right? right? My chances go from zero to whatever, and it's better. One's better than zero, right? So I mean, it's, I don't know. It's emotional. I've, always, right? I've tried to always teach coaches to go to the table and say this, sir, could you explain the criteria for that call? And then shut up, you know, let the whoever speaks last loses. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I've taught coaches that throughout the years, say that, take what you hear and go sit down. Cause you're not going to win this argument. No matter what you may hear something that helps you understand a tad or even later, I remember uh, Riggs one time, Coach Riggs, when he Dave, was up to Dave. Yeah, love oh, Dave. Riggs. Dave Riggs is awesome. Do you know he's t- he's taken over uh, Team Ohio, and yeah. uh, we just did the trials in Columbus. It's these not, I was going to say some, all of these because they're hammers. I, I mean, girls, boys. I mean, oh yeah, it, it couldn't be in a better hands. Dave and his Riggs. son just took over to Mountain Union. Yeah, he's. I, I, it's been a good year. Right. Yeah. It's always a good year to be the Riggs. But I mean, it's awesome to see good people have. Uh, Riggs, that kind of Riggs brought me up over a Christmas break one time to wrestle uh, Toledo St. Francis in a big duel over Christmas. And I was just maybe a third year official, but we liked each other. And I did freestyle back in those days, too, when we got to know him. He brought me in for this huge duel. The place was packed and uh, it was it was going on. Went to overtime to win the duel. This kid had to win this overtime. He lost on a takedown that I gave. Riggs, the whole place is booing me. Just one big boo. 
And Riggs walks over just calmly as hell, puts his arm on my shoulder. He goes, Fred, he goes, that was the right call. And God bless you for making that call. But um, I got to come over and act like I'm, you know, like I'm bitching at you. And I turned to him. I said, well, coach, then you need to get on the microphone and tell everybody that was a great call. He goes, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I, but that he's smart. Let's just show his, yeah. <laughs> his At the state tournament a few years ago, I had, I had, I called a, a stall call on one of his kids that, that knocked him out of the tournament. And uh, Dave was stunned. It was the right call. And Dave knew it was the right call because I had warned him and warned him and warned him about that. You know, it's got to come. And I felt so bad for Dave Riggs that he, you know, this kid lost. And I wanted to go, I, I wanted to go hug Dave or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave turned to me, he goes, Fred, he goes, I love you, but I can't talk to you right now. And uh, three hours later, he came over and gave me a hug and said, hey, you know, that was the right call. My kid should have wrestled harder, you know? But I love Dave Riggs. What a great guy. Okay. Maybe you'll remember it's slipping me in and it's sad because I watched this like earlier this week. It was a state finals match, 103 pounds. I want to say mid late nineties, maybe like 98, but it was masculine Perry, like Sean and Toma, like I forget, but it went back and forth, like 13 to 12 is one of the best matches. I got to find, I'll find it. I'm going to have to put in another video folks. If you know it, comment below. I can't believe it. you got to watch it. I got to send it to you. Um, yeah. That, that had to be a tough one to officiate. Both kids were on their backs at one time fought off there. I mean, it was, was awesome yeah. but yeah he was in the chair there and that, you know he's always carries himself to class and Dave was one of the guys that I teach be the type of coach that when you go to the table the referee beats you there because when Dave Riggs went to the table or Kenny Ash back in the day when he was at Hilliard and and that's where I learned that from because Kenny Ash went to the table I was a first year second year varsity guy just started out in varsity not even JV and he went to the table. I said, Coach, come on, that was such an easy call. You got to understand the rules better. And Kenny Ash looked at me and he put his arm on my shoulder and he goes, You need to understand something that if I come to the table, there's a reason. You need to understand that and who that is. And he walked away. And I went, Oh, Lord, I probably screwed up. <laughs> and, uh, and I did because I found out who Kenny Ash was and, you know, he knew a lot more. But that was the type of ego that I had back in those days. Uh, Tadata hockey. Um, yeah. Um, so back when I was doing freestyle one time, I made a call and he comes over and he goes, Sir, I don't know if that's the right call. And I said, Hey, I don't know what you know about wrestling. Oh. <laughs> oh. And he just smiled and walked away. Yeah. Well, then that, I that sounds out. like him, but I mean, and I, I found out and I went over and I apologized because I said, Who, Who's that guy? You know, yeah. then I found out who that guy was. Um, sweet God. So I apologized immensely. And I said, I will never do that again. And he said, good, lesson learned. <laughs> and we're friends today and, you know, life goes on. But yeah, you know, one has to mature. So that yeah. was part of the maturing yeah. process. Well, I, and I know that you mentioned that you just retired, but I want to make sure because it's worth mentioning, you know, you founded, right? Not even, either first year, five years, you were, were at the state tournament, which is only then Bob, which was three years. That's the fastest I've ever heard. So but what do I know? But, you know, you founded the Mid-State Wrestling Association, correct? Yeah, I did. Um, and Central District Wrestling Officials Association, right? So that was the second one. The latter was high school and then Mid-State I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't find that 
I just okay, but you, that, that you remember that the central district. That's right. why. That's what I am still a member of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then so this year, but you're doing like the sales and the Catholic schools ones. So that's where people can. Right. So I, I started that 30 some years ago because there that's was a, a need, long time. man. Yeah, there was a need for that. And um, I built it up to be the largest association in the country. And we had 60, 70 some schools that we assigned college that I assigned at division one, two and three. And um, I got to know people from all over the country. Um this year, this summer, I thought about, you know, hey, you know, I really want to travel more. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then a few things happened internally within the association. So I went to the board a couple of Mondays ago and I said, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm done. So you need to find an executive director. You need to find a new assigner. And uh, and, and they they did. Um, Angel Rivera is, if you don't know Angel. Yeah, yeah. Angel's a dear yeah. friend of mine. Uh, Angel credits me for putting him where he is today, which I appreciate that humility. But uh, Angel's the new executive director. And um, it looks like a, a guy out of Missouri who I was probably the only guy that I really, really wanted to take my spot. Uh, Pete Mankiewicz is going to take that position once he gets approved by the board. Okay. And uh, it was time for me to leave and you know go on to. The other thing was the OCC second largest conference in the high school conference in the country besides the OVAC and uh, 32 teams. It was time. It was just time. And uh, I love doing it. Um, I am going to stay with the Catholic schools and help them. Um, I don't, I don't get paid to do that. I just love those guys. And uh, I I appreciate their dedication, what they do. Um, the sales, Rady St. Charles and Hartley and, so yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be an evaluator for the NCAAs and I'm going to evaluate at different tournaments around the country as I always have. But uh, it was time to you know, move on and uh, you know, give somebody else a chance to do it and go from there. Well, good for you, man. Thanks for uh, you know, everything that you've done for the sport. And hopefully, you know, uh, you know you've already, we already talked about not even half of the people, obviously, that have impacted you or you've impacted, but hopefully someone sees this and is inspired to be like, hey, I could, do, you know, I could found this or get this going. And, you know, well, look, can we talk about that a little bit of recruitment? Yeah, let's, so, uh, you're in the right place for that. No, so Ohio High School news officials bad. Um, I started a program called Middle to High. It was middle school kids, wrestlers. Hey, let's get them, let's get them licensed. Uh, Bo Rugg allowed me to bring in a 14 year old a few years ago who was Cole Haverdale, who's a very bright, very good young official and um from, from brexville well that's his uncle okay but uh, his dad coaches up at crestview football and wrestling yes i knew it was either crestview or brexville all right cool and uh and cole was would sit down beside scotty myers myself when he was eight years old and uh i have a great picture of him standing with scotty and i when he was eight and dressed in a uniform one of my shirts and a whistle and he knew exactly the mechanics he goes, hey, Fred, this guy, his mechanics are very good. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And I thought, you little shit, you know. <laughs> so when he was 14, I said, let me talk to Bo, see what Bo, and Bo let him step in. And uh, a couple of years later, let him do varsity. And uh, he ended up moving down to Myrtle Beach because he's making, you know, six figures selling resort property or whatever he's doing down there. But hopefully he's going to get back and do some high school stuff. I'm hope, I might be wrong and it wouldn't be the first time, but I think he probably inspired because there's, uh, there's another athlete at Crestview that's an official that's in high school. 
Yeah, that kid took my class. Yeah, he he did uh, OAC. He did. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a football um, quarterback. And he yeah, and he's like a state placer too this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, he uh, so Hayden, when the, it's Hayden. Hayden yes, Hayden. his brother was the uh, was the uh, quarterback there, and this kid just took over when the high uh, State Fair was going on, and they had folk style. Um, I would have the kids that were in my class come in and, and, and officiate those. And he came down, you know, I think it was two years ago. And uh, when they took my class called Aria Duck, everyone got a little duck and they were proud of, you know, that duck. Bad guys from all over the country. I bet you 500, 600 guys still had their duck and they send it to show me a picture of it every, every now and then. But yeah, the guys like that, you know. Um, so I wanted a program to start from middle to high that those middle school wrestlers would learn officiating and do middle school matches. You know, why not? And then move up to high school when they got into high school, you know, with girls going on now and youth and the OAC and new way and my way and all, all those, there's so many opportunities for everybody to officiate if they want to. Then we have girls wrestling and these girls want to officiate as well. And I've had some of them take my class. So right now, awesome. Two years ago when COVID started, I had 55, almost 60 signed up for my class. COVID came and that just all went, went to hell. Now we're hoping to have at least 30 or 40 in a class in October because the Wrestling Against Autism Tournament is where they officiate at then now instead of in the spring. So, uh, yeah, we're hoping that's going to happen. I'm, I turned all that over to a guy by the name of Ron Joseph who's going to take over my teaching. Uh, but I'm going to come in and be a special guest and come in and tell some stories. And you know, hey, how, how long ago did you start that program? How long has that been around then? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Aria Duck started probably. But like the junior high to, the junior high, to high school. That one there um, was just right before COVID came out. Okay. Okay. And I had pamphlets made up and, those, and then COVID hit. And then. Yeah. Well, I, th to... I think you're on to something there. So. I uh, and I uh, got to speak with uh, Jose Cervantes. He's a, a young, younger official uh, out of Michigan, and uh, his his episode hasn't gone live yet. Uh, but he tells the story about how he I mean, he's a soccer official, he's a wrestling uh, official, umpire. He, he's all this stuff. He's a young guy, really ambitious. But he's there's a program in Michigan, like where you're in high school, you can get a mentor and you can just you can start officiating. Like without even. Let me tell you how that happened. The executive director of the Michigan Athletic Association came down to my class. Oh, for your, and awesome. he said, and he goes, I wish I could uh, clone you and, and take this back to Michigan. So we've had a lot of talks and uh, it looks like they put a program together and started that. Yeah, I can't remember the name, but I, I, um, it was easy to find after I talked with Jose at Google search. They didn't even need a permit. They didn't even need the nope. class. Nope, nope. I, I mean, whatever. I, so you got to start somewhere. That it's that's awesome. And Jose's certified and everything. But I mean, here's the long and the short of it. We, you said it. We have a, we have an official shortage, right? And it, if we don't have officials, then we don't have competitions, and we have we're one of the top five states in folk style high school wrestling, and no one can argue that, right? I'm just said five because you can't really argue it. And if we don't have officials. You know what's going to happen, right? I've only had one official in all my years teaching the classes to walk off the mat and go home. 
in the middle of a duel. And he was getting the hell beat out. I, I watched the video. And I showed the video to Ohio High School. I said, this can't ever happen again. And uh, those two coaches got in some trouble for the way they treated that official. Uh, but that official was, he had PTSD, believe me, after that. It was a middle school event. Yeah. And yeah. it was terrible. And I've gone, I've gone to middle school events. And as, the, as I'm watching, went down to the coaches and I said, what are you doing? If I need to go out there and take the whistle and throw everybody out of here, I'll do that. And then things got calmed down. And you, know, you, you just got to use your head, man. Come on. It's, a, it's, a man. Yeah, it's we, middle school. Come on. Well, I don't care if it's middle school, high school, right? Maybe college and stuff. It's a little, like no one's maybe in high school, right? But I, a lot of the tournaments I run are uh, grade school and, and junior high, right? And when uh, someone gets out of line, like I'm a tournament director, I'm the representative, right? So my job right. is to make sure one, the officials have everything they need. Um, and I've got their back, you know, their back and we're officiating and we're doing everything the way we need to do and get rid of the yahoos that are just mucking up the works. Yeah. Right. And I, I always say to them, I was like, just look in the crowd. Yeah. Do you see Tom Ryan? Do you see any of the brands brothers? Do you see right. and no one's get Kale Sanderson's not, no one's getting a scholarship today. Your kid's yeah. in fifth grade. Yeah. You, you need to figure that out because you're ruining it for your kid, right? Like, and you're ruining it for everyone. So yeah. it's, um, it, it's so bizarre how the parents get to be, and you're right, this is middle school. Come on, man. You know, it's not even freshman. It's not high school. And I, I love the enthusiasm. I love the emotions, but you got to temper that because don't make your kid, you know, be the person your, your dog thinks you are, you know, not, yeah. not some idiot, you know. Uh, you can have high yeah. energy and be positive, right? I mean, it's, it's how you use the energy. You can be super high energy and just not be a jerk. <laughs> and I've, said to, I've said to parents before, hey, I teach a class. Here's my card. Come take my class. And the ones that have done that, they've said, oh, my God, I never realized this. I never realized that. Um, none of them became an official, but they got quite it's quite a lesson well there's probably a reason they didn't because they weren't cut out for it they had no idea how hard it really was and then they saw it and you know i did i did football for 35 years and uh i still get video the parents send me fred look at this this is terrible you know and uh you don't know everything that happened all you have is a video mm -hmm. and uh so i showed the video and i put it on one of the high school football pages on facebook and the official that made this call said, Fred, let me tell you the backstory. And he told me the story and it makes perfect sense. He had already talked to the kids. He was already talked to the coaches. Hey, do this again. I'm going to toss you out of here. Well, all you saw was him tossing the kid out. And you got to know the backstory. Well, so videos everywhere. There's, yeah, exactly. There's two sides to every coin. I always say flip the other coin. What's the other person's perspective? You only have half the information. You need the other half, bro. Yeah. Hey, hey, I mean, I... I We've talked about the uh, Caldwell Metcalf match, and uh, you know I called the the fall in the spadle there against uh, Metcalf. Oh my God! You thought I was you know I I, I murdered the president or something. <laughs> it wasn't until uh, uh, Mrs. Jane put put a picture up on Center Mat or I'm not on Center Mat but on Met.com that showed him pinned, and then everybody said, "Oh, okay, yeah, he's pinned." Well, I knew he was pinned the minute I called the fall. Yeah, because you were six 
inches away from the call and everyone else was 16, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this, because you, you got my, my, I speak with different, you know, officials and umpires and things like that. But the difference between football and wrestling is the officials are further away from the crowd. Now there's, they can be louder, <laughs> right? So compare and contrast officiating a wrestling match where the coaches are yelling out to their kids, do this move. Oh, he's trying to do this. Then they can call you over and yell at you whenever. And then football, like. <laughs> yeah. It's a different, uh, yeah. I've, thought, I've been out in the middle of the field. I was uh, the referee and crew chief for my OCC crew for years, 20 some years, I think. And um, I can remember being in the middle of the field going, thank God I'm out here, you know, and not even on the sideline. You know? Yeah, yeah. Get his ass beat over there. And that coach is standing right beside him. Yeah. Now, I always had the death stare, and the, the coaches knew that if I gave them the death, death stare, end it, because we're done here. Uh, and most of them did. You know, they were just emotions. I got it. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 sometimes competition gets the best of us, right? Just got to keep things in perspective. Hey, right? when my son wrestled, um, I remember I had a match. I had OU and uh, West Virginia. And I had to get my ass going to get down there to do that match. And uh, my son was wrestling in the, in the state freshman tournament. And um, oh, it was at, it was at, uh, it was at uh, Kaufman or Syed okay, or one of those. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, Tom Rooney had to match the semifinal. And I was in the chair. And Thomas was down by uh, a point. And I said, hey, cut him and take him back down again. And... Um, he caught him short time and Rooney kept going, still green, still green, still green. And I'm going, what are you doing, Rooney? He caught him and the time ran out. And I, Rooney walked off the mat and I said, yeah, you, you blew that one, bud. And uh, so he's a fellow official and a friend and, you know, but I was pissed. I was also late for the match. So I had to leave. I got a speeding ticket on 270 at Dublin and I got another speeding ticket at 33 by the Highway Patrol. And you, you, you pulled double duty on that trip? Double duty. Oh, man. Hey, yeah. Wow. And the, that cop was ready to arrest me because I started dropping some names of guys. <laughs> he goes, mention one more name, you know. So I walk into the convocation center at OU. I am 30 minutes late. And pretty big crowd in there. And I just go, I'm so sorry. Hang on. Let me go get dressed. And uh, the first match. Um, oh, what was the, the, the coach down there? Um, a great wrestler. He's an assistant coach. Uh, shoot. Oh, man. Black guy. Ah. I can't remember his yeah, name. Uh, I'm not going to be much help. Anyhow. But he, uh, he goes to the table on this call, and I'm in no mood. It was the first match. And I walked over and I said, Coach, let me tell you something. My kid got screwed by an official day. I got not one, but two speeding tickets. I almost got arrested. I'm 30 minutes late for a D1 mm -hmm. conference. Do you really think you're, I'm going to let you scream at me today? How'd that he work looked, out for you? <laughs> he looked at me. He goes, you, you've had enough. I'm sorry. And then I turned around. I said, hey, and Bob Triano says hi. <laughs> oh, I love Bob Triano. And, uh, and that was the end of that. So. Yeah, you go on a rant like that, and he knows there's no way this guy made that up. That really happened, and I, I'm i done. You know, like, I can't top that. Right? And every time we saw each other after that through the years, he said, uh, no, any speeding tickets to dance? And no, we're, we're good. So, <laughs> Nate Carr, Nate Carr. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. 
So yeah, his kid's done phenomenal, hasn't he? My goodness. Another another Perry product, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Coach McBurney's doing an awesome job there. They got some young studs that were, I think, sophomores this year too. They, I, I got to watch them in, in junior high for the last few years. Be yeah, one of the great matches that I assigned was the Liberty up at Liberty, Old Tangier Liberty, when they wrestled Perry in the duels, and I always made sure that I had one of my best guys on that duel because yeah. that was going to be a knockdown dragout. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. awesome, man. Hey, we talked a lot about wrestling. Uh, give us, what did outside of wrestling? What did you do professionally? Are you married? Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, been married uh, three times. Uh, okay. Divorced my first wife. My second wife. We had a twenty-year relationship, and um, a couple of kids. She died of cancer. Oh. And then I got married about a year later to. Uh, some crazy lady that you know liked that, me for that, that brings up with you. <laughs> um, but I my my career was in uh, vice president sales management of sales teams from across the country, okay. and then I I left that and started a consulting company, Purple Turtle Consulting, and uh, I consult to companies that need help with marketing or sales or new product development. I probably have seven products that I developed over the years. Uh, kind of help put my kids through school, stuff like that. Oh, and uh, so, yeah, I've kept busy doing that, um, okay. dealing with the Congress and the Senate and the Foreign Relations Committee, trying to get stuff done for these clients. So uh, not doing a lot of that anymore. Yeah, but, uh, well, it's time to just relax and enjoy life now, right? It sounds like you packed a lot in. Golfing a couple times a week. and uh, yeah. With Bob, right? Once a week with yeah, Bob. With Bob yeah. Cool. What's, um, your, what's your course? You're in Columbus area, right? Delaware. Well, I moved from Dublin up to uh, Delaware. Yeah. Uh, but we we play a safari. We played safari last week uh, at the zoo, as uh, a zoo course. We're going to play something called Split Rock this Saturday morning at 7.30. It's going to take me an hour to get there. Yeah. Um, but I we just enjoy uh, just the city leg courses we play. Okay. So okay. it's another yeah. round. Cool. Yeah. Like one of my favorite courses is a muni, muni you know, municipal course. Yeah. yeah. Course. It's just, yeah. Hey man, this is awesome. I uh, I took some notes. So I, like I said, uh, I've been saying on every episode and I'm doing this to hold myself accountable. I need to get my license before the season. Um, I want to make sure, you know, I know the, the rules better. It'll make me better at what I get to do for the OAC. It'll make me a better coach um, and all that stuff. So well, if we have a class in October, um, I know who to call. Yeah. Yeah. Come down and then we'll put you on the mat at the autism tournament and, uh, you know, I can harass you a little bit. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, it's always good talking to you. Enjoy some some time off here before you get, you know, get the, the whistle back around your neck and uh, enjoy the rest of the summer. Uh, I don't know if the whistle is going to happen. Okay. But okay. I will be assigning a little bit. So. Okay. Okay. All right, man. Right. Thank you very much. Appreciate what you're doing for the sport. Hey, thank you for everything you've done and continue to do, man. Be All well. Right, All right. See ya. Hey, hey, stay on for one second, all right? Yeah. Okay.